Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. here at Eagle Pass Campus Access Church. It's wonderful to see you this afternoon. Today we are going to be talking, we're going to continue in our series of identity. We've been talking about identity on Wednesday night Bible studies in Del Rio and uh, throughout the messages we've been talking about identity. How many of you are happy to be here today? Amen. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. And so Today, I'm going to talk out of the book of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 16, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase here and there, but today's message is called, Wake Up. Somebody say, Wake Up. No, no, Wake Up. Wake Up. (laughs) Wake Up. And so let's read the word. Let's go to John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. We're going to be reading out of the new King James Bible, the New King James Bible, and so we're going to get into the Word this morning. Uh, Praise God. Uh, uh, Also, I encourage you, we're getting ready to go back to school, so continue to have the students in prayer as they're getting ready to go back to school. Amen. Uh, So it says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Somebody say Bethesda. And it has five porches, and we'll talk about that in a minute. In these lay a great multitude of sick people that were blind, lame, paralyzed, all kinds of sicknesses, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel would come down at a certain time in the pool and stir up the water. Then whoever stepped into the pool first, that's touching the water, was made well of whatever disease they had or he had. Verse 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Say 38 years. That's a long time, 38 years. So when Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man Answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another one steps in before me and and takes my place. So Jesus said to him, rise, say with me, rise. Take up your place or take up your bed and walk. And I want to talk to you about that word. I want to start off talking to you about that word rise this afternoon. That word rise is the word Egato or egatos, and it comes from a Greek word, and that word egato is E-G-I-R-O. That word egato or egato means, it's actually a word that means wake up. So when he saw him, he didn't tell him, get up, or a word arise there. It's not a word of just get up and walk. It was a word of wake up. Somebody say with me, wake up. Amen. Wake up. So this wake up is an awakening similar to when you've been down or you've been in shambles or, or, or you've been defeated or you're even dead and it's a rising up. Remember when Jesus, the Bible says, he rose up from the dead. He egados. He came up from the dead and he rose up from the dead. And so this, this afternoon, what I want to talk to you about is waking up from the slumber we've been in for many years. 
Some of us are still carrying stuff and going through stuff that has kept us down, asleep, sitting around, laying around, doing nothing at times. And so uh, we're like, you know, why am I going through this? Why am I going through all this stuff? Why has it taken a long time? So this afternoon, we're going to learn about waking up. So let me take you back to uh, some little uh, uh, points that I want to talk to you about today. And one of those points I want to talk to you about, first of all, I want to talk to you about the word Bethesda. It was the pool of Bethesda. We can go back on the scripture. And the word Bethesda in Aramaic, it means home of grace. Somebody say grace and kindness. It had five porches or five porticles, five arches. And what this arch is, the word, the number five in the Bible is the number of grace. How many of you need grace often or every day if possible? We are always needing grace. And so remember when Paul was going through a situation and, and he, he had a messenger from Satan keep bothering him and he went to the Lord and finally said, Lord, I can't deal with this anymore. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. All you got to do is say, Lord, I, I, I got this going on and his grace is enough to change what's going on. So my grace is sufficient. So at this sheep gate in Jerusalem, there was this pool called Bethesda. And so number one, it had five porches, that's grace, but it was also the home of grace and kindness. So if you notice, they're in this pool or they're in this, it was also known as the sheep gate. Somebody say sheep gate. Amen. This is where they would take all the sheep and they would bring all the, the best sheep because they would do sacrifices. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice sheep once a year for the redemption of, of sin. And it would just cover the sin, but it wouldn't remove it. And there were just offerings. They would sacrifice bulls, they would sacrifice sheep, and they would bring this offerings. So the sheep were brought over as an offering, but the deal is that if you remember or if we remember of the time, remember the time when Jesus uh, uh, had to go and he went into the market and they were selling sheep and they were selling all these animals when he was on his way to the temple and he got the whip out and overturned the tables and all that. He got upset because they were abusing of what was going on at the time. What was going on at the time? Well, at the time, they would get the sheep. So the people would travel. Let's say we travel from here, from Eagle Pass to San Antonio. San Antonio is Jerusalem. And we would have to go do the sacrifice over there. Well, nobody wanted to drag sheep with them. You know, imagine you have your children. You have all the stuff you're going to take with you. And then on top of that, having to take the sheep, the sheep and your suegra and, you know, all those things. You know, suegra's mother-in-law. You can laugh. I don't mind taking my mother-in-law, my suegra, because she, she makes guru good tortillas. Can you tell? Amen. So, but the deal is, you imagine carrying out and then still having to tend to sheep by the time you got there. So what they would do is say, you know what? Let's not get one here. We'll just buy one over there. And what they would do is this man would buy sheep for $20 at the rancho or at the pulga or wherever, and at the flea market, and they would buy it over there for 20 bucks and come over to the temple and sell it for $200 and abuse of the people, take advantage of the people. And so when Jesus went over there and he saw the sheep, it was at this area where he saw that, that there was this abuse of the people, and that's why he overturned the tables. And he says, you're turning my house of prayer into a den of thieves. You're taken from the people. And you know what? That was a work of the devil because the word of God says that the devil comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy your life. 
And so Jesus says, you know what? This is what this is causing. You're using, you're using the belief system of the time to steal from the people. And it was in this same place that Jesus shows up. And when he goes and visits, I imagine that he went to go back to see what was going on again. But right at this place, there was another thing that was going on. This pool called Bethesda, where they washed the sheep, now was full of all these sick people. They were either blind or they, or they couldn't walk, or, or they were, had disease. So imagine, imagine just the situation there of all these people, the smelling of sickness and coughing and, you know, and all this other stuff. So a lot of people were prohibited from even going close to there because at the time, if you got close to somebody who was sick and you got sick, then you were cursed just like them because it was believed at the time that if you were sick, then you had a curse from God. And there's still a lot of people that walk in that mentality nowadays. That they think that, oh, they got sick, maybe God is cursing them, or maybe God is punishing them. But you know what? I got news for you. God doesn't punish anybody anymore. He already punished one. His name is Jesus Christ. He went and he punished them in the cross for you, so you didn't have to get punished ever again. Did you hear that? God doesn't punish me. He sent the Holy Spirit. We just sang about it. The Spirit of the Lord is where? Here. Here. Come on, say here. This is where he punishes me. How? By convicting me inside and, 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 and bringing to my mind the thought of what I'm doing wrong so I can repent and change. Come on, somebody say repent. So here's Jesus. He gets to the what? The Bethesda pool where there's a five gates or five you know, uh, porticles to walk into this gate. This gate was made of five arches. You would go through one of those arches. Five is the number of grace. Also, the word repent comes from the word pent. Somebody say re. That means to do again. And pent is the number five. So how many of you have ever heard of a penthouse? Where is the penthouse about? It's on top. Come on, say on top. So when you repent, it means to bring you back. Grace brings you back to the top again. You're restored. Come on, say, I'm restored. I'm restored to how I am supposed to be. So grace restores me when I repent. Repent is I want to get back to the top again. So when you repent, you repent in here and you go, Lord, in my soul, in my mind, I want to repent. I want to get back to the top again. How many of you want to get to the top again? So constantly, constantly you're in prayer. Constantly you're with the Lord. Constantly the Holy Spirit is reminding you. So Jesus gets here and he sees all this, this disease and it was prohibited from people to go over there and touch all these people. So Jesus just showing up, he saw all these people and he's like, my goodness. How many of you know people, and I'm not going to talk physically, I'm not talking, I'm, I'm using this uh, metamorphically or, or as a, metam- uh, well, I'm, I'm going to talk about metamorphosis, the transformation of people that you've seen them, that they're spiritually blind, and then they see, they come to the Lord, and then now they can see. How many people do you know that are blind spiritually or emotionally? How many people do you know that are, that, that, that are crippled in their emotions or in their mind? How many people do you know that are crippled even in in their sin? They can't move anymore. They've been there in the same spot for 38 years. How many of us are still in the same spot for 38 years in areas of our life we can't let go of? We're still bitter. We're still hurt. We're still thinking about what they did to us in the past. We're still thinking about what I went through in the past. We're still thinking about, oh, well, you know what? It's, It's an identity they've given me. 
Uh, you're always going to be a failure. You're always going to be this. And you've sat there for 38 years. And this man sat there for 38 years. Jesus shows up to him. If we can go back uh, to verse 3. And so Jesus comes up. And when he sees him, he says, In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. And as soon as the water was moved, verse 4, then the angel would come and stir the water. And whoever got there first got healed. Got made well. Imagine two or three hundred sick people. Can you imagine this man who was paralyzed? Who was going to put him in? You think the person that had leprosy was going to go, oh, wait, let me put you in and then next time I'll get in there? No, people are selfish. They want to be first. Yes or no? The spirit of competition. I want to get healed first. And so when Jesus shows up and sees this, uh, verse 5, he saw this. He says, now the certain man who had the infirmity for 38 years. Imagine, 38 years he's been trying to touch this water. Can you imagine how many people? And he's about to get there. Imagine he's about to get to the water. I know I'm going to get on my knees in a little bit. Don't mind me. I'm just expressing. But Imagine he's, he's getting there to the water and he's just that close and somebody shoves him and kicks him and says, get out of the way. I'm going to touch it first. And so now here's this pool. And I remember when I was growing up, I used to hear preachers that would preach a, go, a great message on this. And then in the end it says, come to the altar, come to the pool because the angel's stirring the water. That's not what happened there. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't pick up the man and says, let me, let me wait here till the angel stirs the water so I can put you in the pool. Did he do that? It says that when he says, when Jesus saw him laying there and knew he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? Can you imagine that question? Doesn't that sound like a sarcastic question? Oh, Hello? Imagine him, he's on the ground, he's going over to the pool, and he looks, and here's Jesus. He says, oh, by the way, do you want to be made whole? Uh, hello? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to drag myself there. Agarra la onda, Jesus. What the heck? You know, that's translated to grab the wave. Something like that. Or the Honda or whatever you drive. I don't know. Anyway, grab the Honda, Jesus. Agarra la onda. I'm a good interpreter. So imagine, man, he's right there and he's right. And Jesus comes over and he's like, do you want to be made whole? But here's the deal. Jesus got a revelation. Jesus got a word of knowledge that the man had been in that condition for many years. Isn't it powerful that when the spirit of the Lord, right now we're going to be starting about, uh, studying about identity through the Holy Spirit. Imagine that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are inside of you and he starts stirring them up inside of you. That sometimes you're going to be sitting down. You're waiting in line to see a doctor. You're waiting in line to see a see. Uh, somebody at an office or you're just right there and you see a person and the Lord reveals to you that that person has been suffering for 38 years. And suddenly they're there because they want to get into a pool. They want to find healing in a doctor. And I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. But they've been trying to get healed for 38 years in a clinic. 
Maybe they've been trying to see a psychologist or, or a counselor, somebody for three, seeking that professionally they're going to get help and praise God. They might get some help. But there's nothing, nothing like the transformation that the Holy Spirit brings in a person's life. There's nothing like Jesus coming into a life and changing their lives forever. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care how good that counselor may be. I don't, good how, I don't care how good that cancer center may be. I don't care. When you call on the name of the Lord, the word of God says, you shall be saved. Now, can you imagine a doctor that is a good doctor, but is also filled with the Holy Spirit, that now his hands are not only good instruments to do surgery, but now they're anointed to do surgery. Hmm. Can you imagine that now you're a mechanic, but now you're just not a regular mechanic. Now your hands are anointed to fix things that it's impossible for others to fix. Can you imagine infusing your gifts and your talent with the knowledge of the Holy Spirit? You're blessed. I didn't say this over there in the Rio. Come on. Are you understanding this? So Jesus sees him. He's on the ground. He's crawling. And he goes, do you want to be made well? It's not that it's not, wasn't a sarcastic question. It's not that Jesus didn't know he wanted. Of course he wanted to be made well. What he wanted to understand is where was his thinking at the time? What was his mentality, his identity? His identity was of I'm sick. I can't get made well because I need to get to the pool. How many times have we come to a conference thinking that it's the conference that's going to change us? Let me go to a conference. Maybe a prophet will call me out and say, thus saith the Lord. And I'm not telling you there's anything wrong with that. Praise God for prophets. <laughs> Although sometimes we, 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 we mess it up or we don't mess because we're humans. Sorry. But praise God for prophets because when we get it right, we get it right. Praise the Lord. And when the prophet goes and gives a word and confirms something, praise God for that. But isn't it, isn't it more powerful when you don't have to wait for a prophet to come once a year or you don't have to wait for a conference once a year when you have an identity that you yourself can hear from the Lord? You can prophesy to yourself. Man. So suddenly here's this man and Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? Yes. And then that's when the miracle happens. Come on, somebody say the miracle. Come on, somebody say the miracle. That's when the miracle happens. That's when Jesus is at the pool and right at the right time. Come on, somebody say the right time. The miracle happens. Jesus shows up and the miracle starts happening. I'm going to tell you something. You've got to learn to line up yourself. There's a word in Greek called kairos. Kairos is the time and moment where heaven and earth end up meeting together at a certain time. So you're walking in life, and as you're walking in life, you're waiting for something. God is releasing his time, 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 moments. And as he's releasing those moments, you got to understand that you got to have the, the capacity to, as the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, lead me to the moment where I end up stepping right on the time where heaven meets earth, and I end up in that moment where everything is fixed in my life. I want to be able to have that discernment of that time. I want to be in God's kairos. Come on, somebody say God's kairos. God's time. This time here says I got to be finished preaching at a certain time. So I think so. 
The, the clock over there says, you got to finish at a certain time. But Cairo says the Holy Spirit wants to move and wants to heal people in this room, and it'll be his time. We, we plan according to this time, which is great. You need to plan, because if you don't show up to work at 8 o'clock in the morning, after several times, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to be punching in any time at 8 o'clock in the morning anymore. But in Kairos' time, in the God time, it happens when you align yourself with the Lord. And here it comes, and here it comes, and here it comes, and here it comes to this man. But we're waiting for a conference. We're waiting for a word. I shared this one time, and I'm going to share it again. And I don't know if I shared it, but if, you, if I shared it here, just listen to it again. When you walk into the grocery store, you find a pile of oranges. How many of you have ever seen a pile of oranges? And you look at the oranges, and oranges are just oranges. They're faithful oranges. They just sit there. And oranges have appeal. They're appealing. Get it? They have appeal. Appeal. Not casket, appeal. Okay. Anyway. They have appeal. They have the flesh inside. And they also have juice and a seed. Now, oranges don't wait for a prophet to show up. Thus saith the Lord, you're an orange. And you will produce you know, from the peel, you're going to make cakes or, or, or the taste of, and you're going to, there's going to be drinks that are going to be made taste like you, and there's going to be juice, and there's going to be, it doesn't say that. He, no, they don't get, they don't get that, do they? They're an orange because from the beginning of time, God told them you're going to be an orange, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to produce juice, and you're going to make things taste like orange. The problem is that sometimes you're an orange, but you taste like a lemon because you're bitter. Or the problem is that sometimes you're a beautiful orange and you got all these qualities, but because you think you need to be better, you want to be a ruby red grapefruit or you want to be a pineapple or you want to be an apple or you want to be something totally different than God called you to be. God, all he wants you to do is live in the identity he's given you. You're just a child of God. Everything has been put inside of you. Amen. Are you listening to me? You're a child of God already. Everything you need is already inside of you. All you have to do is believe who you are in the identity of who you are. Again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we don't listen to prophets. Prophets come and they'll, all they will do is confirm everything God has spoken to you before. Amen? Conferences are good. Come on, somebody enjoyed this last conference. Conferences are amazing. And things can happen in a conference. But I'm telling you, don't wait a year for a conference. For a long time, that's all we would do. We would chase conference after conference because we were after the pool. Waiting for somebody to put us in the pool. Waiting for somebody to do something for me because I felt I couldn't do it. See, the problem with the man is not that he was paralyzed because this is where the miracle comes. It's not that the man was paralyzed. The problem with the man is that he didn't know his identity. He didn't know who he was. Jesus had to come and wake him up. And that's when he said, rise up, Egatos, wake up. He didn't tell him, get up and walk. He said, wake up and walk. He had to come to his senses. He had to come to an understanding that, hey, I don't need the pool. I am the pool. The word of God says that he's put in us rivers of living water, a fountain of life that comes from within us. I have the pool inside of me. I don't need the pool. That was a Biden clap. I need, I need a Jesus clap. Come on. 
Come on, give me a Jesus clap. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you voted for Biden, I'm not here to offend you. It's just, you know, whenever they would clap for you, you, you get it. Okay, anyway. Cal rato they'll tell the pastor, he, he said something about Biden. That was my president. Da, 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 da. So I'm sorry. I'll use somebody else. That was a JC clap. Give me a Jesus clap. But you get it? Suddenly, he, he, his identity, he thought his identity is that I'm crippled and I need somebody to put me in. How many of you have lived with that identity all your life? And it's not that we don't need each other. It's not that we don't help one another. We still have to encourage one another. But when Jesus comes, Jesus didn't pull him in the pool. You shouldn't be waiting to be put in the pool. You should be waiting for somebody encouraging you with a word about your identity and who you are in Christ. And so Jesus shows up. What's the identity that we have? Oh, you're the border. You live in the border. Son los pobres. You're the poor. You're the minority. You're the border. You're the outcast of the United States. And so you get tagged with, a, with an identity that's not your identity. Remember the people of God when they, when they were in Egypt, the word of God says that Pharaoh said, if this people knew who they were, if they had an idea of their capacity, they would overthrow us and take over our kingdom. But we're going to keep them as slaves and give them a slave mentality so that they can never overtake us. Woof. Suddenly, they're in the desert. And what was their mentality in the desert? A slave mentality. And what happened in the desert in the slave mentality? They kept going in circles. Why? Because they didn't have a promised land mentality. They didn't have a kingdom mentality. So Jesus comes to this man and says, I don't want to put you in the pool. I don't want you to be part of the crowd. I want you to be different. Get up, wake up, arise. That word arise is the same word that was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus resurrected, he agedos, he arose, he woke up, he came out of the tomb, he came out victorious, he defeated Satan, he gave us back the keys of authority, he restored us back to the top. We became a new creation in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus spoke to them and he said, wake up, you're not paralyzed. You just think you are. Wake up. You are not hurt by somebody else. You just think you're hurt. Wake up. You're not poor. You just think you're poor. Wake up. You're not sick. You just think you're sick because that's all you've done all your life. Think that way. The problem is not your condition. It's your mindset and your identity. But it takes a Jesus to show up in your life and say, wake up. Wake up. Get your bed. Wake up. Let's go to the next verse in verse 9. And the word of God says, And after interceding and fasting for a week, and after walking around seven times, after blowing a shofar, does it say that? And after a time of processing and thinking. And, and don't get me wrong, sometimes the immediate comes at the beginning of a process. But what does it say? And immediately. He didn't think about it. He didn't question. He didn't ask about the pool. He didn't ask about that anymore. All he did is, hey, I got woken up. Hmm. 
That's the real woke movement. Oh, I, you didn't get that. Come on, said, I need to get waking up. And immediately the man was made well. Because suddenly he heard something he hadn't heard in 38 years of being at the pool. I want you to hear something today in your spirit that you haven't heard in the years that you've been waiting at the pool for somebody to put you in. I'm not here to put you in the pool. I'm here to give you a word and say, Egeros, wake up. And immediately the man, was made, the man was made well, and what did he do? He took up his, I need a bed. There's a bed, thank you. Imagine, suddenly he's got his bed. And what was his bed? His bed was the place he always laid on so he wouldn't get dirty. But imagine what that bed looked like already. Sitting on the dirt. It was already like, that's, this is all he did. Imagine, this is all he did with his bed. His bed was his identity of his condition. But when Jesus says, wake up, suddenly something came over him. Something rose, rose inside of him and he said, what am I doing? And he gets up and when he gets up, he says, I can walk. And suddenly the Bible says that he took his bed. Come on, say. He took up his bed and he started walking. Now, I don't know if you know in the Bible this man was Pachuco, was Cholo. <laughs> started walking like that. You don't know that because you're too young, all of you. I walked in. And suddenly he's like, hey, look at say, Jesus heal me. Suddenly, what was the identity of his condition became his testimony of his restoration. Suddenly, he carried with him what was holding him down for years. Now, what used to be the place of comfort and rest, now it became his testimony. Now he could show it out to people. Now, can you imagine those hundreds of people that were at the pool that suddenly see this man walking by them with a bed? Can you imagine, hey, how did you do it? How did you do it? Imagine the people that have seen you poor all your life suddenly be blessed. Imagine the people that have seen you struggling with sickness and infirmity in your family suddenly seeing you in health and in life. Imagine the family members that always used to see you down suddenly seeing you alive. I am tired of the church living like that, praising God on Sunday and then going back to their bed during the week. The church needs to grab the bed so that family members can say, I want what you want. I want to go where you're going. I want to serve the God that you're serving. I want to be awoken the same way you just got woken up. Can you imagine when the government comes to this area and says what used to be Poverty is not one of the richest, more prosperous areas because the church woke up and is sharing a testimony. Oof. Imagine him walking. And the Bible says this. I didn't say this over there. 
Come on, say his testimony became his mat, became his testimony. BB, you have a mat. Amen. That's your testimony. Amen. That, that was prophetic. <laughs> Whoever doesn't know BB's husband is Matt, okay? But you get it? You have your mat now. You have your testimony now. You can walk around with it. And now when people, imagine those three, four hundred, a thousand people maybe that were at the pool, suddenly are asking this guy, how did you get, how did you get there? We used to see you drag yourself. Can you imagine the guy that comes and goes, I, I, I'm sorry, I kicked you. And I didn't even get to the pool. And I kicked you out of the way. I shoved you out of the way. I stepped on your back to try to get to the pool. But then somebody tripped me and got to the pool first. But I'm going to tell you something. When you receive a miracle from God, you don't remember who hurt you anymore. You're not bitter anymore. You don't care who didn't take you to the pool anymore. All you care about is that you've been made whole. You've been made well. That's all you care about. As I'm closing today, I want you to go back and make memory. How, how long have I been waiting on the side of a pool, waiting for somebody to put me in there? Do I have to wait for another conference? Do I have to wait for another preacher? Do I have to wait for another prophetic word? Do I have to wait for another moment like that? Do I, how long do I have to wait? And the Lord is saying, you don't have to wait anymore. You don't have to wait anymore. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe the word that's being spoken to you today. Wake up. Come on, somebody say, wake up. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, wake up, neighbor. It's time to wake up, Access Church. It's time to wake up, Eagle Pass. It's time to wake up, Border. It's time to wake up, Church of Jesus Christ. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up and walk. It's time to start walking. How many of you are ready to walk? One more time. It's not your condition that has you blind or lame or crippled or in a disease. It's your mindset. The Bible says, I'm the head. Come on, declare this with me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not below. I am prosperous. I am blessed. I'm blessed in the going out. Come on, say it. I'm blessed in the going out. Wake up. I'm blessed in the going out. I'm blessed in the coming in. Everywhere my feet step, I will possess. Everything my hands touch will be restored. My mind is the mind of Christ. Come on. I have the Holy Spirit, the power, the authority. I have the Word of God. Come on. I have everything. God says that I am. I am just like my Father in heaven. I am holy. I am different. I am. I am. And when people see the I am in you, 
they're going to come and ask you, who put you in the pool? And you say, I didn't get in no pool. There's no water anyways. It's drought. And God knew that there was going to be drought seasons outside of you. But that's why he said, inside of you is a river of living waters. Inside of you is the fountain of life. Inside of you is the water that once you drink it, you would never thirst again. Inside of you is life. All you got to do is change your mindset. Let's pray. Father, I thank you because today I got woken up. Today I took my bed. I, I, I got up and today I'm going to fold my bed. That was my identity. And I'm going to carry it under my arm as a testimony. And I'm going to walk in total victory. Today, Lord, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my marriage. I'm doing this for my children. I'm doing this, Father, for those of you who, who those, are the, those are the people that have never believed in me, Lord. I'm doing this so that they may believe in you. In Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for that. And the people of God say, Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.